Blondes with glasses, they can't sing. Blondes with glasses, let's do this podcast thing. Hey, Shannon. Hi, Becca. How you doing over there? I'm good. Yeah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just checking my phone to make sure it's actually recording this week, unlike last yeah, time. Yeah, that's always important. It's going, so we're good. I think we're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so tell me more about uh, Mrs. Maisel, as you were telling me. <laughs> I don't know why I immediately... It's because I couldn't remember her name the whole show. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I had some additions that I, I, I meant to do as my recommendations last week that were connected to my feelings about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh-huh. which I'm now realizing is how her name is pronounced. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to make sure I, I put them out there. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, the week before I watched that show, I had been I watched all of Shrink on CISO, um, oh. which is eight or ten episodes, a half-hour comedy. Um, and I just remember thinking... It was so nice, and immediately, it, I, it, as it like started, I was like, "Oh, it's!" I was like, "It's shot like a British comedy, aka it's shot well. <laughs> like it looks really nice." And yeah. I thought, "Here's a p- quite funny show. Mm-hmm. It's a comedy, but also has darkness. And because it's a show about a psychiatrist or a guy training to be a psychiatrist." They don't take everybody's, like, problems as a joke. It's not, mm-hmm. like, it's, that's not where the comedy comes from. They, like, take, they take people's issues seriously. They take his issues seriously. But then there's comedy throughout. And I thought, that's a nice balance that I'm seeing recently that I would mm. just, I think that sh- Marvelous Mrs. Maisel was missing. And then the other thing is I've been listening to this Howl Premium podcast uh, called The Complete Woman, and then the, okay. second, the second season called Complete Joy, and uh-huh. it's this hilarious, it's a bunch of like, it's, it's, it's one woman, Amanda Lund, um, who is a comedian, and she is like, she's Maribel May, and it's 1962, and she's written a book about how to please your husband and how, how to be the complete woman in 1962. And mm-hmm. it's this amazing send-up of those 1960s housewives, you know, tropes and stuff like that. And it's such a hilarious and, like, really, like, great skewering of those ideas of the 60s mm-hmm. housewife. And it just, it really, like, I mean, th- there was just a great line in the first episode of it where she's like, I met my husband, Freck. And he's just, we had so much in common. He was a white man. And then we got married. He <laughs> just, just killed me. And I was immediately like, yeah, like, this is how you skewer those, like, those tropes. This is how you make fun of that period and that mm-hmm. romanticizing of that period. And I just thought Marvelous Mrs. Maisel could have done that better. And Maisel? Got <laughs> Uh, anyway you almost made it so if you're looking for like someone who's making fun of 60s housewife culture and this insane you know roles that they put on people 
complete mm-hmm. woman on Howl is hilarious. They're like 15 minute episodes. She has all of her like friends come in and they're 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 her neighbors and other housewives and there's big boned Bertha and it's <laughs> like Rita who's divorced and living life to the fullest and it's just great. And, and so, is how yeah. uh you have to pay for those? Is I've never actually looked into it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's you can get, I got a deal where it was like $2 a month or something. Okay. So it, to me, it's completely worth it. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. There's enough premium shows that I get out of it that it's worth it for me. Same with CISO. Mm-hmm. I, I subscribe mm-hmm. to that now. And it's worth it to me. Cool. Yeah. Well, I have nothing more to add about <laughs> Mrs. Maisel because I still was thinking about it this week and I was like, boy, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yes, so I'll rest my laurels there Great. with that. Good. <laughs> oh, can I do a shout out really quickly yeah. to one of our listeners? Okay. Uh, listener Dave in Ireland, congratulations because he won a national award this week for, uh, his, uh, radio documentary about the last man that was hanged in Ireland. Wow. And it was the same award that I was nominated for last year and sadly lost. <laughs> So now Dave and I are nemeses. I'm sure. just officially putting it out into the world mm-hmm. for on the public record nemeses. Yeah. And I can't wait to go to his home and steal the award from him mm-hmm. and engrave it with my name. Just yeah. letting him know. I'm, com- I'm coming for him. I mean, it's the only rational response. Obviously. Yeah. He, yes. <laughs> well, congratulations, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, our other listener, Dave, author Dave, my friend, uh, his second book was just published and released in Ireland. So congratulations to that, Dave. Great. All Daves in Ireland are just killing it. Doing great. (laughs) Great month for Daves. Um, Anyway, tell me more about this new show you're watching on Netflix that I have heard very little about. What's it called? Tell me all about it. It's such a slog. Okay. It shouldn't be, though. It really shouldn't. It should be, like, the most bingeable show in the world. It's called 13 Reasons Why. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <sighs> CBS is telling me I can pick up my prescription. That's how popular Ooh. I am. That's what I get I thought, texts from. I thought from. you said CBS, and I was like, hmm, didn't know they did that service, but all right. Oh, okay, thir- 13 Reasons Why Yes, on and because I, gave, I watched it because Mo Ryan said it's worth it. I read her review. She's like, she says it's flawed. There's some, you know, there's some excess they could have cut out, but she says it's completely worth it. The, the, the performances of the two main characters are incredible, and mm-hmm. the payoff is totally worth it, and it's devastating, and she's like, it's, it's, you have to see it. Must watch. And I was like, okay. And then, of course, 13 Reasons Why means it's 13 episodes long. I'm, I think I'm on mm. episode five, and I have, I, I should be like, I gotta watch another one. I gotta find out what happens. Like, because every mm. episode is like, so the, the premise of the show is that this girl has committed suicide, and then she mm-hmm. leaves a box of cassette tapes and detailing the 13 reasons why, I guess, she killed herself. Okay. And so each episode is a side of the tape, and... It's like going through and, and you're it's weaving in and out of present and past and, and you're trying to un, like figure out why this happened and stuff and what happened to her along the way. And the whole time, so the main character has the tapes and he starts discovering that other people have already listened to them and she's because it's like this system where you once you listen, you pass it along to the next person. Mm-hmm. And they all listen to it and he's taking a really long time to get through them. And everyone keeps saying cryptic things to him all the time where it's like, 
you know, where he's just, they're like, you should just, just burn up, man, you know, and, and, and just like stuff like that where they indicate that there's some twists coming and mm-hmm. that they know so much more than he does and the feeling that we're not going to know it until like the last episode, what right. what unfolds and then, you know, he's got to be on the tape some somehow, but he doesn't know her that well. So it's like, well, you know, and you get flashes of their relationship and you're like, what is this? It, it, it's just, it should be one of those things where it's like an episode ends and you're like, I got to see the next one. And it's mm-hmm. not happening for me because mm. I don't like that delayed <laughs> payoff. Right. You know? Uh, it sounds like the same feeling I had with Riverdale. I stopped watching Riverdale officially this week mm-hmm. I, because I used to enjoy Vampire Diaries, which I think had a very similar feel where you're sort of unraveling the mystery of this town and the mysteries of these people's lives. But at the end of the day, it's all just sort of like, let's throw another thing at this person and Mm -hmm. in like a very Degrassi way, but not executed as like, I don't know, Degrassi doesn't necessarily execute it well, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, you know, it's just, it just, it doesn't seem like there was any thought behind who's getting assigned these backstories and what the whole point is. It's just like pointless television to me at a point Mm -hmm. where I, where I'm just like, I I'm not paying attention during the episodes. I'm on my phone the whole time. And I could just be spending that time watching something that I would rather watch instead. So I just had a a, a moment where I was like, I don't need it. I don't need it. Because (laughs) if every episode is filler leading up to the big conclusion where it all suddenly makes sense, it's like, why are you going to bother watching filler? Why isn't it a movie? Why isn't it a movie with a twist in the second act that then makes the third act super interesting? Why do you have to draw it out over 13 episodes? Right. Because I I just feel like so many prestige dramas nowadays, you know, Westworld, Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones, things like that, where it's just constantly telling you, like, okay, maybe that wasn't the best episode, but it doesn't matter because it's all one long movie and it's all going to be fine at the end and and it's all going to pay off and you're going to be so glad that you mm-hmm. stuck around for the boring monotony that was us Bullshit. needlessly <laughs> us needlessly oh. drawing the story out. Like, I think about all those Netflix Marvel shows mm-hmm. and how horribly paced and executed they were and mm-hmm. how they were all so overly long and it was like, you just had to make it to the end to solve the final mystery or whatever. But in the meantime, nothing happened mm-hmm. <laughs> because they Honestly, don't know how to I, pace anything. I feel so great about myself with the whole Netflix television or not Netflix, sorry, uh, Marvel television stuff, because I was like uh, for a very long time, a Marvel completist where I was watching all the movies in order even if I didn't want to see Ant-Man, I was going to see Ant-Man. You saw and Doctor Strange. I did. <laughs> not, I did not pay for Doctor Strange, to be fair. Um, but I, around Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's when I started thinking, I don't know if this is all going to make sense. What's the point? And after giving up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I never watched Daredevil. I did do Jessica Jones because it was a female lead. That was honestly the reason why. Mm-hmm. And then... Never finished the other... What was the other one after that? Luke Cage. Uh, Luke, Luke Cage. Never finished it. And then never did the newest one. Whatever. Garbage. Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> and I don't feel like I'm missing out. Like, 
that used to be the corner on the market for Marvel was like if you miss this movie, right. you're gonna be so lost. <laughs> Everybody's gonna be talking about this thing and you're not gonna know what's happening and you're not gonna be ready for the next movie or whatever. And as soon as you just admit to yourself like that that is a marketing stunt, yeah. you are free. And it's yeah. the same thing I would say with Game of Thrones. Like I always thought, oh my god, I'm not gonna know what's happening once I stop Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped Game of Thrones and it was like bliss yeah it, nobody's talking about it nope it's only you are in a conversation and maybe you bring it up or because you're complaining about it and mm-hmm. that's when people are talking about it once you stop i think there have been like two times since i've stopped with the same person and they've been talking about game of thrones i'm like nah, not watching it anymore and it's like all right cool let's yeah. talk about something else yeah it's so freeing i love it yeah <laughs> Um, well, here's the thing about the 13 Reasons Why thing on Netflix. And, Mm -hmm. and I think the whole idea of these uh, prestige shows where you have to draw it out, it's like, I, I would say that How to Get Away with Murder was the last show I watched that I think had that Mm -hmm. in it, where it was like, you have to watch to unravel, yeah, puzzles, you have to unravel the whole thing. And I did enjoy the first season of How to Get Away with Murder very Mm -hmm. much, because, as a Shonda show, it has built into it this really interesting dynamic and very interesting actors that you're not normally seeing on other shows. And so there are other things going for it. But after the first season, the Unlocking the Mystery, it feels like with a lot of shows where they're sophomore season, where it's like, all right, we got to keep that magic going. Yeah. And they don't quite know how. So it's like, are all these shows that have these puzzles you have to solve are they are they like boxing you in to watch more and more of it I, like with great game of thrones they obviously were not going to fit all, that all in a movie or a season mm-hmm. but it seems like you you have like unlimited potential to tell all these really intricate stories and because of that you end up squandering your opportunity Right. If that makes sense. Because you spend so much time on, on useless things for a little while. You know, you, you, mm-hmm. you waste an episode because it just needs, you need to get from point A to point B and then something mm-hmm. interesting will happen. You know, with with um, How to Get Away with Murder, it was like, it was annoying that it was this puzzle that you had to, to wait to, to be solved for you. But at the same time, you sort of didn't mind because everything happened so quickly. That you were just mm. like, well, it's happening fast and, you know, I'll just keep going and it's it's happening. And you don't even have time to pause and think and be like, wait, what what's happening? Like, you, you can't even <laughs> keep track anymore of who's betrayed who and who's, you know, dating who now and you know, who mm-hmm. murdered who, you know. <laughs> and if at a certain point you lose track, then you really don't care about who yeah. murdered who. And that's kind of a big thing to stop caring about. You know, mm-hmm. murder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that I fill that quota of, like, the watching something unravel over the course of a season. I now fill that quota by watching Big Brother, which is interesting. And I, th- I would argue that any show, any reality show like that where it's, you know, The Bachelor would, I think, also fulfill that. Where it's, you're, it's all these people, they're interlocking lives, and you're trying to see who's going to make it to the end. And even if that's a romantic end or a somebody's winning money end, you're still getting that feeling and it's edited 
to be in a season, you know, season long arc. And it's all, you know, tied up in a neat bow in a way sometimes. And so if you're watching Survivor, you're getting that feeling. If you're watching Project Runway, you're getting that feeling. I don't think you have to rely on Game of Thrones to give that to you anymore. Because Mm -hmm. it's going to be messy when they do it. (laughs) Which is kind of mind-boggling, actually. Because if you think about, is a scripted show or a reality show going to give me this feeling? Which one would you pick? It would probably be the scripted show. Because Mm -hmm. they have time to sit down and think out all these interlocking moments and all these people's lives and everything and but that's 99% of the time not what happens right because <laughs> they because they're thinking about how are we going to do another season how are mm-hmm. we going to get more money and it's a right. shame like I think about the walking dead and it feels like Ugh. the whole time you're watching it you're like this is such a slog but maybe it's leading to something you know mm-hmm. maybe there's something at the end and it's all going to be worth it and it's like there is no way they know how to end that show. They have right. no fucking clue how to end that show. It's not mm-hmm. leading to anywhere, and it can't possibly based on the mythology of the show. Like, it can't right. have a happy ending. It's going to end with them just all dying or something. Like, it's going to mm. be so unsatisfying. Yeah, and, very bleak. Yeah, probably. and the journey there is bleak and pointless, and if the ending mm-hmm. is bleak and pointless, then what have you created? You why know? have you spent so much time <laughs> yes. watching it? Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> it's... I, speaking of the journey, I just want to talk about, for a minute, Avatar. The television show, not the movie, not the movie based off the television (laughs) show either. I just want to talk about the TV show Avatar, because we are rewatching it in our household, and it is exactly what I want when I'm, when you're talking about, like, these dramas that are leading to a, you know, a big moment. Mm-hmm. That is the type of journey that a show should have because everything is interwoven so beautifully. All of the character arcs are really rich. Nobody gets left behind. It all is the plot of that show is great and it's so character driven and at the end of the day, you don't feel like you're slogging through episodes to get to the big battle at the mm-hmm. end. And it's it benefited so much from being a TV show because of that, I think. Because you could it could take place over time. They could take their time to get to certain plot points, to meet certain people. And that is, I would say, one of the reasons the movie version did not succeed. I mean, obviously there were a lot of reasons, but... Yeah. <laughs> but that's... You, you do think, like, you know, could these... Could Broadchurch be a movie or whatever? But I do think there are some that really benefit from the time and plotting that Mm -hmm. go into the TV show format. However, a bunch of them aren't using it to their advantage, which is such a shame. Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones, number one. Like, I'm really enjoying The Americans right now, and Mm -hmm. that could also be a movie, I suppose, but it's so much more interesting as a TV show because the real drama is in the long-term changes in their lives and the dealing with the day-to-day of living triple double you know quadruple lives basically right they're they're juggling so many things constantly and you're just set you're thinking something's gotta give you know and then when it does Mm -hmm. how does that impact everybody else and it's just there's it's so rich and there's so many shows that do that so well where there's just so much to go into that it's like this is the perfect format for it and then there's just Mm. other stories where it's like i don't think you thought this through you know i don't think you thought Mm. through like the best format for this story like westworld (laughs) Mm. 
I just wish that there was some oversight for these shows that are especially on these networks where it's like or Netflix or Amazon where you can do whatever you want you know where there was somebody there to just say to them think think very clearly about everything all the Mm minutiae because a lot of these problems I think could be fixed if these Netflix Marvel shows were not 13 episodes, you know, if they just condensed or in some cases expanded, I think Gilmore Girls on Netflix could have, could have expanded and maybe told the story or could have been shortened and told, Mm -hmm. you know, the same story. They could have gone either way, but they were in this weird middle ground where it felt like too much, but also too little and a little weird. And, you know, and I just think that the unconstrained, showrunners have a really bad tendency of going way off the rails very quickly like even from the very get-go like Westworld I think also did that where had had the interesting buzz around it had a premise had some cool ideas and hooks to it and then almost immediately went off the rails for me because it was just like "Mm, it immediately became a puzzle show where the only thing people talked about was the puzzle of it not characters not what does this mean for humanity Mm -hmm. it was literally just so who's the man in black who you know how does he connect to this is there a past timeline you know it's just like that shouldn't be like it's interesting having you know twists and turns and puzzles to a show but if you're Mm -hmm. not delivering week to week an entertaining show what are you you know like that's the basic premise of television is on a weekly basis entertain me (laughs) Yeah, that show could have been another Battlestar Galactica, honestly. Like, that's a show where there were mysteries, who is a Cylon, you know, what's going to happen, all this, the war. Mm -hmm. Where's it leading to? Yeah, but at the same time, it was so focused on the characters Mm -hmm. and what was personally affecting them that you felt very involved in the story and the outcomes and you were seeing both sides, and it's it was so complex. Right, and you're constantly thinking about what does society look like when everything falls apart? How do we rebuild? Mm. How do we keep these these vestiges of this old society now that the whole world has shifted? You know, like, you're constantly thinking about so many things with that. That is a perfect show, and I will always I say know. that. It is a perfect yes. show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I remembered it, because I was like, Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a great show. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I, I love it. I just don't, I don't want to be told ever again, like, just hang in there. It's so mm. worth it. You know, because mm-hmm. it's like, why? Why yeah. should I sit through something that I don't want? Enjoy. Yeah, yeah. that I'm not getting it much out of in the moment. Because mm-hmm. hopefully down the line, something will happen. And hopefully it's as satisfying as everyone says it is, because it probably won't live up to the hype (laughs) i think i really am turning over a new leaf with shows like that where you know i i gave up on riverdale very quickly i stopped watching what's this powerless show that comedy and it was just like if i'm not invested in the characters or the stories then i'm wasting my time Mm -hmm. and and eventually it'll get to the zombie f- moment where it's like a show that just lives on and why are you still watching it? And it's better for me now, I realize, to just give up, which yeah. sounds bad, but it's way better than being a completist about you were, this Yeah, like, it was rough for you for a while there because you would not give up on a show. No, and I'm so glad I now do because, like, imagine if I had started watching Supernatural when that first started. Yeah. 
and I would still be watching that. Yeah. Like, no thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's fine for people that are diehard fans and everything, but, like, I've been burned too many times by too many showrunners. So Mm -hmm. I'm really honestly worried about the upcoming season of Doctor Who because yeah now that I've turned over this new leaf this is a new seat it's been a a while since Doctor Who has aired and really long time like was there a Christmas special I don't think I watched it there was and we we didn't watch it (laughs) yes so like if this doesn't hook me and it has the potential to because Stephen Moffat's on his way out soon and there's a new gay companion Mm -hmm. and she's a woman of color so it's you know there are some hooks for me but if it's not going to earn my trust back, then that could be one to throw on the pile of do not return. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I mean, our time I'm is worried. limited. It's more limited than ever. Now we're both really mm-hmm. busy and uh, yeah, like, but nobody really has time to sit around and watch crap that, yeah. you know, that's okay. That's the worst is when it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because, like, I... you love Big Brother and Survivor and stuff like that, which is not necessarily, you know, high prestige. Ugh, but it's yes. not <laughs> middle of the road either, you yeah. know? I I just was marveling the other day because I was putting on TV while I was, wa- I was doing laundry. And I was just trying to find something to just put on in the background. And I was looking through Netflix in their original section. And I was looking at all of their original shows or things that they consider original that they, you know, mm-hmm. saved for another season. And I was like, remember when Netflix was like, they would come out with a new thing and you had to watch yeah. it because it was a Netflix original. And now there are things that are just buried mm-hmm. on, and you never would know that it's a Netflix original until you scroll all the way through the bottom of their mm-hmm. category. And you're like, oh my God, I never even heard of this. Yeah. You know, like there are so many things now where it's like, that prestige moniker of Amazon or Amazon and Netflix for me is now like a tarnished in a way is maybe where it's just like, it doesn't have the caliber that it used to like when it was orange is the new black and Lily hammer and you know, a couple other things, the, the bridge, not the bridge. It was the, the one about the dead women. <laughs> the one about the dead women. You know, they it was like a Swedish show and then they made it. I think that's the, the well, no, the bridge was on a different network. Right? There's, like, weren't there two of them? There was and the they killing. Were similar? The killing, that's it. it. But it was, like, that era. And now, it's so, we are so far beyond that era. Like, mm-hmm. I still haven't even tried the get down. I haven't yeah, even tried it. Me neither. And they're on their second season. Yeah. And I'm sure I would like it. Yeah. I don't know. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. I really want to watch Power Rangers. That's oh, just a random too. aside, but I really want to watch it. Also, Lego Batman. I yeah, think I want to see too. Get Out. I, I haven't been to the movies in months. I know. Ugh, stupid Oscars. I, I used all my Fandango <laughs> money. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if anyone wants is... to send us Fandango gift cards, that would ensure <laughs> we, that we would keep doing this. <laughs> we, we wouldn't say no. <laughs> Let's say it that way. Oh, my God. I have already, we have a date scheduled to go see Lego Batman after my show opens in New York when I am uh, free to go to an uh, I'm out so at night. Yeah, so in next month when I'm free, <laughs> I will be going to Lego Batman if it's still in theaters. And, Fast and, and Fate of the Furious. Oh my gosh, there's a billboard right outside the Lincoln Tunnel that I drive by when I go up to New York and it's always Fate of the Furious <laughs> and I'm very excited. Also, did you see 
the screenwriter of Fate and the Furious, Fate of the Furious, said that he would not be surprised if Toretto and company ended up in space <laughs> in a future movie. I'm just saying we called that in our F8 Fate idea pitch. It's the only place the they end... can go next. Let's be real. Right. The end credit scene was them having to go to space. So, I mean, I'm just saying it's going to happen. I mean, clearly somebody listened to our podcast and they were like, <laughs> F8, Fate, you're right. They have to go to Spain, Helen Mirren. Literally, uh, I mean, I'm not mad. I got to say, like, sure, I'd love no. a little cut of that. But, I, you know, I just really that's want all we a really thank wanted. you. Yeah. A thank you in the credits. Exactly. That's all I really want. Yeah. Just so I can just like, have the rock pick. Turn to the camera and be like, Thanks, Becca and Shannon. You nailed it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would make my year. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> yes. Well, I wish we were gonna be in the same place to see Fate of the Furious. I know. Together. I was. I almost texted you and was like, "Are you gonna come down to watch this movie with me?" <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, "Well, that's a little insane." <laughs> uh, well, I was like, "We could meet I'll... in Baltimore." <laughs> I was like, "What <laughs> oh, am I saying?" <laughs> Maybe after, maybe in like, well, no, I'm really busy in May. It'll probably be in theaters for a long time. How about midsummer? Let's have a date midsummer in Baltimore to go see it together. Great. I'll have Thursdays, Fridays off. So. Okay. Great. (laughs) Let's do that. Sounds perfect. Oh, man. Well, do you have any recommendations for me? I do. I have a fun one. And okay. I think you didn't. I think you'd enjoy it because I think mm-hmm. anyone would. And it's very short, so um, I think you'll it's also a new appreciate that. Drama, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a mystery yeah. you have to unfold. No, the young pope. Um, and this is actually a recommendation from my sister and um, Zach. They watch this together, and mm-hmm. it's on CISO. So I'm okay. really, I'm on, I'm totally on board the CISO train. They've had their originals have been like really fun to me. Um, and you can just get it through Amazon. So I have it on the app anyway. Um, so it's really easy to watch. Um, so it's called Harmon quest Mm -hmm. and it's Dan Harmon playing essentially Dungeons and Dragons, although they legally can't say that. Um, it's fantasy (laughs) role playing (laughs) and it's him and two of his friends. One of them is Jeff Davis from whose line is it anyway? Another one is a woman who seems familiar, but I don't know what she's from. And okay. then he has his, a game master with this crazy beard um, and who's running it. And then every week he has a special guest. And every single week the guests are perfect and amazing. And every week you're like, I mean, how is it going to get better than that? The first week was Paul F. Tompkins. Like, what's <laughs> like, what, who could he possibly have next week? Next week, Chelsea Peretti. Okay. Oh. You know, like, how, what's, <laughs> what's going to happen after that? Oh, Aubrey Plaza. Okay. You know, like, they're just perfect and amazing. And so what they do is that they animate they're the mm. the role playing that they're doing and the animation mm. is hilarious and it's it's it feels like like drunk history you know where it's like you cut yeah. to like what they're describing and you see the animated characters saying exactly what they're saying and you know it's just it's really funny and it's just so it's just fun if that's all it is is fun it's called harmon does it, quest does it come out every week or is no it... they just put out the whole season okay yeah how many episodes in the season there's just 10 episodes. They're like 22, 25 minutes long. Okay. That sounds yeah. cool. I have to re-get CISO, but I would be interested it's, in that. It's super fun. They like do it in front of a live <laughs> studio audience and they, they're like, and what is your name? And Aubrey Plaza's like, Hawaiian coffee. <laughs> they have to refer to her as such. I think 
Chelsea Peretti was like, I'm Deepak Chopra. And then they had to keep calling her that the whole time. It was so good. So good. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Yeah. Um, well, I've been very busy with work, so haven't been watching much. I'm behind on all my shows. Um, the only thing I've been doing is reading. Uh, and I'm currently reading a book called Treasure Island with three exclamation points. <laughs> Just to differentiate it from Treasure Island, the original book. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is by a woman named Sarah Levine. And it is about a really unlikable main character who decides... She reads Treasure Island, the book, and decides that she's going to live her life based on the pirate code set out in Treasure Island, the book. And it basically turns her into a monster <laughs> of a person. And she's so awful she you know she like buys a parrot and tries to teach it to talk and then basically doesn't have the capacity to care for a parrot and mistreats her boyfriend horribly and like accidentally leaves the pet store open where she's supposed to be working and it gets ransacked and she's just the worst Uh but it's like she's a messy millennial in a way that i really relate to in a way Mm -hmm. and so i I'm enjoying it. It's a very short read. It's taken me months to get through it, but <laughs> it is uh, enjoyable. And I bought the book on Amazon used for 99 cents. So nice. it's definitely out there very, very mm-hmm. cheap. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Treasure Island, three exclamation points by Sarah Levine. Okay, So great. Yeah, we need more unlikable female narrators, I think, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Zach has something for us. He does, he does. All right. Mm-mm-mm. Which was the last... Okay, yeah, this was the last one, so then this is the next one. Awesome. I'm glad you remember. You know, I bought a uh, my friend an elephant for his room. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he told me thanks. I said don't mention it. <laughs> what? bought him an elephant for his room and he said don't mention it oh (laughs) i got it i got i got it sorry i was just told a pun yesterday about elephants so i was thinking about that in my head and it it didn't line up with the pun so i was confused (laughs) new level of multitasking i've never heard of (laughs) 